Hello, we would like to welcome you to Hopeville Conversations for Women, led by two of our pastor's wives here at Inglewood Baptist Church, Jody Aiken and Carolyn Reese. It is our prayer that you rest in the hope only Jesus offers through God's Word in our conversations today. Welcome back to Hatefield Conversations. We are so excited and happy that you've decided to join us again today. Uh, just in case you haven't been recently listening all the way to the end of our uh, episodes, I wanted to mention to you, we have now, Carolyn and I have an email that you can uh, reach us directly if you have any questions, you have suggestions, you have something you want us to specifically pray with you about, whatever it is, we wanted to give you a, a way to reach to out to Carolyn and myself directly. And it's an email, it's HFC, which are the initials of Hope Field Conversations. So again, it's HFC at EnglewoodBaptist.com. So again, we would love to hear from you. And also, if you've got some insight that you've gleaned from what we've been sharing with you, we are so encouraged to get those messages as well. Uh, we learn so much from uh, those that share with us their insight. So this episode is coming to you really close to Christmas. I believe by the time that you listen to this, you're what, a week out from yeah, Christmas? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so happy early Merry Christmas <laughs> to y'all. Okay. Uh, we're super excited to get to celebrate on that special day, uh, you know, the birth of Christ. Mm -hmm. But we do want to just let you know in advance that we will not have an episode that week of Christmas or the next two weeks following that. So... It is the perfect time for you to catch up on any missed episodes that you might not have had time to go back and listen to. But just go ahead and mark your calendar, or you'll, if you've already subscribed, you'll be notified. But we'll be back here with a new, fresh episode of uh, Something For You. It's January 14th, 2021. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> 2021, 2021 is around the corner. That means that we get a fresh start of a fresh year. And I think there's a lot of good in store. It has to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. So, yeah. Join us on the 14th. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll be right back here. So, yeah. All right. Well, today we're going to finish up our Christmas series. We're so Yay! excited. We've loved studying mm -hmm. um, the birth of Christ just kind of with fresh new perspective. Um, I think every time we read something familiar, we get something different out of it, out of the scripture. Um, you know, just to, kind of depending on what's going on in our life. So it's been a really exciting time. It's been rewarding for me. It has. I've, I've just, it has. It's been, I've learned new things yeah. and I've been refreshed on things I may have forgotten about. So Absolutely. it's been good. Yeah. So today um, we're going to talk about the shepherds, Simeon and Anna. And these are characters that um, are part of the Christmas story. Sometimes they're not considered really the main characters, but um, every person that God chose to involve in the birth of Christ is... Um, I think it's worth studying, seeing their perspective and kind of learning um, about what they learned when Jesus was born. So I think we're going to be able to relate to these yeah. that we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's open up in prayer and then we'll dive right in. Perfect. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the way that you speak to us um, when we read our, your word. Thank you um, for the gift of the Holy Spirit that is um, so faithful to reveal parts in us that um, 
need to be refined and um, that you just speak to us through your word. Thank you for that. Um, I pray that as we open up this familiar passage that you will um, encourage us, fill us with hope, help us dwell in that hope during this special season and that, um, that you'll just teach us and that we'll have ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Yeah. So we're picking up in Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 8 and go to 20 uh, on this particular section. So what's happened and taken place at this point is Mary has given birth to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it says in verse 8, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. I think that's an understatement, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born to you for you a Savior, who is the Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes in cloths and lying in a manger, and suddenly uh, there's a pause there. I just kind of kept going there. But verse 13, I think this is really incredible and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased that's worthy of a great pause right there Mm -hmm. and i'm picking up on verse 15 when the angels went away from them into heaven the shepherds said to one another let us go over to bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the lord has made known to us And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told to them. So it's crazy. These shepherds, yeah. out of nowhere, they <laughs> enter and they exit. And that's it. We don't hear from them anymore. Yeah, yeah. But boy, did they have a big role in this story. <laughs> huge, I mean, can you imagine? This huge is... role. So I did a little research on the shepherds because I wanted to find out right. a little bit more about who they who are. are they? Yeah. Um, so sh- these shepherds were likely connected to the town of Bethlehem. Now, there are some traveling shepherds called Bedouin shepherds. Um, the commentary that I was reading said that they probably weren't this. They were probably shepherds that lived in Bethlehem, and they kept their flocks out in a field. Right. Um, now, shepherds, you know, God God all throughout Scripture valued the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he even anointed a shepherd as king yeah, in that's King right. David. I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That story is in 2 Samuel 7. Um, and, you know, God even calls himself a shepherd mm-hmm. in many references mm-hmm. throughout Scripture. Um, but despite all this, shepherds in um, during this time were really considered outcasts due to their, right. their job. And um, they were even considered ceremonially unclean because mm-hmm. of their work. Um, so... When you think of shepherds, you wouldn't think that these would be the first to know some exciting news. They just usually wouldn't be the first to know something Mm -hmm. like this. But um, God, in his his ways, revealed the best news of all to these shepherds. Um, 
I think that's so interesting and so beautiful. What a beautiful picture that is that the Lord. Yeah, and we don't, we just don't know why God chose these (laughs) these particular shepherds. But what we do know is that God knows the heart. That's right. And He knew that they were going to go running after, searching for what He has proclaimed to them, and let others know. And and. You know, it's by His grace that He chose them, and it's by His grace that He chooses us as well. That's so true. I had a note in here that we don't have to be cleaned up to come to Jesus. I think that's, Mm -hmm. the shepherds paint that beautiful picture. We don't have to have it all together to come to Jesus. Jesus wants us. He loves us, and He cares for us. Even in our sin. Um, and I've heard that excuse yeah. with so many people, oh, Carolyn, yeah. Yeah. going, you know, um, God can't forgive my sin. That's or right. I'm going to wait until, you know, I can stop doing this particular, mm-hmm. what they even know as a sin, mm-hmm. uh, to get their life right. Well, they, they miss the whole message there yeah. is, is that going to Christ, He's the one that helps you get clean. He's the one that helps you That's stop. Right. He's the one that picks you up and, right. and redeems you. That's you know, I thought it was interesting, uh, something I found. That it wasn't so shocking that God would choose them in the sense from Luke um, 152. It says, He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. That's and right. I just happen to believe that uh, these shepherds must have been humble. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, God's ways aren't our ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, He, you said, He sees the heart, He sees, um, He has a plan in everything, every choice that He makes. So, um, yeah, so, okay, the shepherds were out in the field, then the angels came, and they had a major announcement to make. Um, in verse 10, it said, let me see, uh, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. I was researching that, and the Greek word that's used here um, is actually good news. So <laughs> that is actually the form of the word gospel, which I think is Love so that. neat. So I kind of plugged it in. Yeah. So really what they're saying is, I bring you the gospel of great joy that will be for all people. So, wow, what an exciting message that this is a gospel message. This is great joy, and it's for all people. Um, wow. That's just exciting in itself. It I, I want to take a little bit of a rabbit trail because mm-hmm. my mind started thinking about, wait, they, they were shepherding their flock. They were protecting their flock, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they took off. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, you so they were gardening and everything. So who watched over their flock when they left? I don't <laughs> and know. It, Maybe it came with them. I, that, I didn't I even, that might have slowed them down there. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe they didn't even think about it. Or mm-hmm. they knew that this was news too extraordinary to be concerned about. And so anything else aside from that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So they were willing to let things go. But nonetheless, God knew what they were going to do. And God took care of their flock. Uh, right. I'm, I'm certain of that. But as you were talking about, they they went and shared that good news mm-hmm. and, and spreading the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, in essence, we would we would look at them as ambassadors. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were ambassadors of the gospel. In other words, they were messengers of God. Mm-hmm. So when they saw the baby, they they told everyone uh, about it. Yeah. And so we too are are called to be ambassadors to share the message of Christ mm-hmm. uh, with the good news to um, proclaim that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a couple of things I think that we can kind of take away from these shepherds. You know, they were excited about Christ's birth, obviously. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So my question for us, and I, I had I asked myself this question, are you excited or has it become more of a tradition than a celebration of your heart with gratitude that a Savior has been born? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So have we gotten so wrapped up in traditions? You know, Caroline, mm-hmm. you and I were talking about that a little bit before yeah. this. And yeah. we can get so burdened and weighed down with mm-hmm. our traditions. Yeah, yeah. And this year especially, traditions might look a little different mm-hmm. for us. Um, and so when we have that foundation of um, why we're celebrating this time, you know, right. our celebration shouldn't be dependent on um is my tree looking great? Or am I having the right <laughs> that's, kind that's of true. food? Right. Or right. even is my whole family together this right. year? And and we're not saying that's wrong, no. but when that yeah. overshadows, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, just keeping that focus on why we're actually celebrating, and it is mm-hmm. this message that the shepherds first received that a savior had been born. Um, when we really ponder that and treasure that and grasp that. Um, and have that as our focus during the season, even when things change and look different this year, mm-hmm. we can still have that that joy and that hope um, that comes only through knowing Jesus. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm just going to admit, there's in my heart, there's going to be some sadness Absolutely. of just that tradition because uh, I'm not exactly what Christmas is going to look like for mm-hmm. us this year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, most likely we're going to be uh, in another state. Uh, close to Christmas anyway, in another state and staying in a place that has no Christmas decorations and have, you know, our, our uh, grandson and daughter-in-love and, and our future um, uh, daughter-in-love with our other son come and join us with one of them, Dylan, being uh, serving overseas yeah. abroad right now. And just all of those traditions that I might have had, mm-hmm. they are not going to look anything mm-hmm. like what I'm accustomed to. So there's there's a side of me just having to let that tradition die mm-hmm. so I can have uh, a focus on the tradition that does live mm-hmm. forever, regardless of what this world brings at us, regardless of uh, what we can and can't do because of COVID and, mm-hmm. and what travel and being together with family looks like. At the end of the day... What is important and significant is Christ that lives in us yeah, and to focus on and to do that heart shift. Um, but at the same time, I admit there's still a, a little bit of a sadness within mm-hmm. me. But I know the more I focus on God's truth and focus on the purpose that we even celebrate mm-hmm. this time of year uh, is to exalt our, our God, mm-hmm. um, I, I do believe that God will uh, exchange that sadness with a greater joy because he's just good like that. Yes, that's right. Let's. Can I jump back into verse yes. 11? I wanted yes. to talk about the message that the angels brought. And it's. Um, I think we sometimes read over this really quickly, but it talks about three names that are given to Jesus. And um, I'll just read verse 11 again. It says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So we see Savior, Christ, and Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was researching this time, I, I found this so interesting. Jesus is only called by the name Savior twice in the Gospels. It's here. And then in John 4, 42, um, and this is, this is so interesting. After the woman at the well, um, in John 4, 42, you'll remember that Jesus had that encounter with this woman. Um, they talked back and forth. It was a long exchange. And then afterwards, the Samaritan woman at the well, um, afterwards she went and told all her friends. And this is what she said, or she told all her friends what Jesus had told her that you know, um, he knew everything about her. And then the friends said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. 
Isn't that beautiful? That is. We're talking about the shepherds here, mm -hmm. and then we're talking about the Samaritan woman experiencing the Savior, right. Jesus, and then telling her friends, and then their those friends uh -huh. are coming to know Him personally as Savior, too. I just think that's so I think there's a message Christ is trying to get to us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that and is all so of these cool. people were just normal people. Right. Even average so people. Average, do y'all hear me? Average yeah. people like human. Uh, yeah. Or even those that might be forgotten. That's right. Um, that's you know, right. the Samaritan woman and even the shepherds, they could easily have been forgotten. They're mm -hmm. out in the fields doing their work. They're kind of considered outcasts. Right. But right. God revealed this amazing message to them. I love that. Well, it reminds me of God's Elroy, the God that sees mm. and he sees us. No matter mm -hmm. who we are, where we are, what we're going through, he sees you and me. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And then they use the word Christ. Um, and Christ really means Messiah. So that's really a title. It tells us mm -hmm. about who Christ is. It's not really a name, but it's a title. And then they talk about um, that he is going to bring peace. That's in verse 14. Um and the verse says that it they there was an angel and then there was a heavenly host. And host is actually a military term, um, which I thought was so interesting because that military of angels, that mm -hmm. army of angels is bringing this message of peace, the peace that salvation brings. And um, I was thinking back to this prophecy in Isaiah 9, 6. I think we talked about this in, in our first episode of the Christmas series. But um, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm. Um, and so... Yes, he's the Savior, and he's come to bring peace, and that peace is experienced through his salvation that he offers. So I think it's fun to kind of break down that message and see um, how much goodness there is in that. That, yeah. yes, that is, uh, if you will, pregnant with so much meaning yeah. and depth. That's good stuff. I'm glad that you went back there. Yes. And then when we saw the shepherds going, um, I, I think back to Mary. We talked about Mary and Joseph last mm -hmm. week and how we love it when Scripture says that she treasured and pondered things yes, in her heart. Yes, she's doing that, yes. Yeah, but can you imagine the excitement she must have felt? Because she she knew what the angel said about her son and who he would be, and, and Joseph knew too because the angel mm -hmm. told him. Um, but this was the first time that others knew, that others had um, come to know that the Savior had been born, that Jesus was the Savior of the world. Can you imagine the joy and the excitement and the relief and um, just reassurance that Mary felt. Yeah, because now there were others yeah, in on yeah. what, what she already knew. Yeah. yeah, so I just think that's so awesome and so interesting that it says that Mary treasured and pondered those things in her heart because, you know, you can't help but think about her in, in right. this whole situation. If we could just get into her mind. I mean, you <laughs> know, we've so many women have had that conversation. Yeah. How did... What was she thinking? How did she ponder that? What questions did she mm -hmm. have? What excitement? What fears? I mean, just a colossal, you know, like this spaghetti, if you will, mm -hmm. of, of thoughts just going everywhere. Yeah. So we talked about the announcement coming from this, the uh, shepherds about mm -hmm. the Savior. Mm -hmm. So let's move into the adoration, mm -hmm. you know, that uh, you had mentioned earlier about um, Simeon and Anna. Did mm -hmm. I say that right? Yes, okay. Simeon. I was practicing yes. how to say his name <laughs> earlier. But I want to give you a little bit of backstory before mm -hmm. 
reread uh, them from the scriptures, and it was from one of the commentaries, Warren Rearsby again. It said, uh, Jesus was made under the law and was therefore circumcised on the eighth day and given the name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when I read that, I thought, well, wait a minute, let me help me understand a little bit of made under the law. You know, uh, it, there's a couple of things that that is actually spoken in Galatians 4, 4. But uh, two other verses I want to just kind of mention is in Luke 2.23. It says, As it is written in the law of the Lord, Mm -hmm. every firstborn male that opens a womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And so we see in Exodus thirteen two, so God had adopted Israel at his uh, for as his firstborn, and had delivered every firstborn among the Israelites, whether man or animal, from the tenth plague. So all the firstborn in Israel uh, were therefore his. And Jesus, Mary's firstborn son, was presented to the Lord in accordance with this law. Mm-hmm. It was a law that uh, God had given Moses, mm-hmm. and so yeah. he was he was born under that law, mm-hmm. and then. And he was circumcised. Yeah. So that was the other thing. Yeah. I think this shows that, you know, Mary and Joseph were a Jewish couple and mm-hmm. they um, honored the law that the Lord had given them. So they were going to take their newborn son to the temple. Right. They were going to offer their sacrifice and they were going to have him circumcised just as the Lord said. It speaks of their integrity again. Absolutely. To keep with that. Yeah. You know, but there were two other Old Testament laws Mary and Joseph needed to con- to continue on with that strand of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, the purification of the mother after 40 days mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, and the redemption of the firstborn. Mm-hmm. So the you know uh, in Leviticus twelve we learn about the um, purification. It's actually in verses eight to thirty eight. And so, uh, so when a woman gave birth, uh, she would need time to purify her body herself to basically to be clean and then be be presented. So once mm-hmm. that time had lapsed, then uh, she was able to take her baby uh, um, and present him in the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what's interesting is we're just talking about ordinary people. You know, mm-hmm. God uses them. And just to to put a, a spotlight again on ordinary Mary and Joseph, mm-hmm. you know, they were to bring an offering and it re- requ- required a lamb, mm-hmm. but they were poor. Mm-hmm. They were not able to afford a lamb. So they used, um, they brought two birds mm-hmm. in for that. Yeah, yeah. It does remind us that um, God used ordinary people. Like mm-hmm. they, yeah. So whatever, whatever you do have to offer, when it's from the heart and it's the pureness of your heart, mm-hmm. uh, it is honoring to God. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, there, there was a remnant of believing Jews waiting for their Redeemer uh, in the synagogue. And that's where uh, Simeon and Anna, uh, you know, enter into the story right here. And we want to read to you mm-hmm. a couple of scriptures. And I think, Carolyn, you want to break this up a little bit? Sure. Um, um, I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, go him. All right. It says, um, I'm starting in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of two turtle, turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. 
And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when he saw the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in, in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. You want to keep reading? Yes, yes, absolutely. In verse 33. Mm -hmm. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fallen rise of many in Israel and for a sign to um, be opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there, there uh, was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And I'm going to stop right there because I mm -hmm. meant to stop right before Anna. So because we want to yeah. focus on Simeon right yeah. now. Yeah. So we know a little bit about Simeon. We don't know a whole lot about his history, but mm -hmm. we know um, how he's described, that he's a man really living in faith and hope. He was waiting for God um, to rescue and comfort his people. He was probably familiar with the verse in Isaiah that says, um, it's Isaiah 49, 13. It says, Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O, o earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Um, so I think that Simeon was probably a man that was very familiar with the scriptures um, concerning the Messiah to come, and he had been waiting. Um, we talked a little bit before we started about the difference in waiting and then waiting with expectation. Um, I think Anna and Simeon were waiting with expectation. They knew who the Lord was. They knew what he had said. And they knew it was only a matter of time before these prophecies would come true. And so that's why they were in the temple. That's why they were faithful. Um, they knew that this was going to happen and they didn't want to miss it. Right. No, that's that's good. Um, you know, it's it's like you're talking about Simeon. He had the spirit both had taught him and led him. So he was right there when Mary and Joseph came in mm -hmm. with their baby. So I love that. Uh, it, they, the right place at the right time, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there was an, another commentator that had written uh, this uh, about verse 25. And there was, a, let's see, I just want to point out one thing it was appropriate that the spirit who is the counsel uh, consoler was upon one who was waiting the consolation mm -hmm. so that's kind of cool right that there and then another uh, thought out of that is uh, with Simeon had actually mentioned the dent uh, Gentiles in his mm -hmm. proclamation of praise to mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. and what's so significant about that is that he was a Jew and Jews normally didn't concern themselves with the Gentiles mm -hmm. So that just tells me his heart, yeah. his heart for the people yeah, and knowing that this was beyond him and bigger than him or anything else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he believed that message that the angel said that this was for all people, not just for the Jewish people, but for all people to find salvation. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, you know, he really believed that this Messiah, um, he was living in that hope of forgiveness for sins and salvation for the lost. Mm -hmm. Um you know, in Luke 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. He, that was one of the roles of Messiah. And yeah. Simeon knew, he knew that. 
and he was living in that hope even before he met Jesus, which I think is just a beautiful picture of his trust and um And how confidence. long how long he, he was waiting. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean yeah. that's a long time and yeah. and uh, you know, we when we have to stand in line for twenty minutes. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> you know, so I think we can glean something from, Absolutely. from him and just, it's again, that perspective It's it's the, it's a hope with expectation mm-hmm. that it will be fulfilled, not a question, not a doubt, right. but a hope of expectation. And I think that's so, so key. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when it, it, it really made me stop in my tracks a little bit when he was talking about what Mary was mm-hmm. going to experience actually. Yeah. And I thought how hard and difficult that must have been going into her ears mm-hmm. and yeah. even going back to what the angel had told her, mm-hmm. you know, cause she did feel the sword in her heart um, repeatedly as she watched her own son mm-hmm. during his ministry and what he went through and then stood at the cross yeah. where he died. Yeah. Yeah. I know this, this whole journey was not without cost to Mary, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. even from the beginning, she made that choice. Like we talked about last week to right. follow the Lord and be his obedient servant, no matter the cost, no, you know, no matter what it, how it affected her relationship with Joseph or mm-hmm. her reputation and, and onward. Um, and yes, yeah, she watched her son, um, be rejected and then mm-hmm. ultimately crucified. And so, um, but she was still obedient to the Lord. She still followed him faithfully, but yeah, Simeon talked to Mary directly and said, you know, that it would feel like a sword was piercing her right. soul. You yeah. made me just kind of think a little bit more about Mary of how she was also an ordinary person mm-hmm. that God revealed himself in mm-hmm. this way to her mm-hmm. and um, how she was, she really had so much of the fruit of the spirit because mm-hmm. if you think about the struggles that she watched and witnessed her son to go through, mm-hmm. you know, we don't read anything in there about her going off with the mouth. Mm, yeah, <laughs> she had a tamed tongue. Yeah, she often pondered things in her heart, mm-hmm. and I imagine because that speaks of her personality and who she was. I wonder if that's how she handled and dealt with some of what she, persecution as she saw her son go through. Yeah, and just have that steadfast, steadfast reassurance in her faith and going, I didn't understand things in the beginning. I don't understand things now. And until that day and just walking and trusting and observing, being an observer, um, but being faithful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Anna now? I this do. is another character. Yeah, Anna's testimony as she witnessed the yes. Redeemer. I love her yeah. excitement as well. Yeah. Um, so I'll start reading in verse 36 where um, we talk about Anna. Yeah. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter daughter of Phanuel, maybe, Phanuel, mm-hmm. um, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin. And then as a wed- widow until she was 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. What an interesting woman she is. Very um, interesting. She's labeled a prophetess. And so I, I started looking into that. Um, apparently, during Israel and or in Israel, Israel during this time, mm-hmm. prophetesses were just not around. It wasn't very common to have prophetess, but she was. Um, and she, you know, was a widow, an older widow who had really dedicated her older years to worship, fasting, and prayer. And so um, she was a woman of the Lord. She she trusted the Lord. Um, 
she knew he had placed a calling in her life and she, that's how she spent her older years of her life. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's hard to get your my mind wrapped yeah. around. But, you know, talking about the prophetess, uh, I had found where it said that the others were like Miriam. You can find mm-hmm. her in, <clears throat> excuse me, Exodus fifteen twenty. Then there's Deborah in Judges 4, 4. And then Huldah, H-U-L-D-U-H. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would want that name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to pronounce, but that's in Second Kings twenty two fourteen, mm-hmm. and Anaya Diah Nehemiah six fourteen, the wife of Isaiah, mm-hmm. and then uh, Philip's daughters Acts twenty one eight through nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't dove into those scriptures in depth, mm-hmm. so I was just kind of gleaning from one of the commentaries talking about prophetess. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to get hung up on that. Mm-hmm. Just pointing out again how God uses people. Mm-hmm. He uses people to proclaim who he is, uh, what he's come here for, and that many may be saved. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate story behind all of that right there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Anna's name means gracious. Mm -hmm. I think that's really neat. Yeah, yeah. And so as we look at all three of these characters, or, well, three, Mm -hmm. many characters, the shepherds were more than one person, but um, as we look at them, I can't help but think they heard that that, um, proclamation about Christ. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't just stop there. They went and told people. Mm-hmm. Every every person told somebody else about what they had witnessed. And um, I think that's what the gospel message should prompt us to do. That's it's right. good news. Mm-hmm. They experienced, the shepherds experienced good news. They knew this news was life-changing and amazing. And they didn't want to keep it to themselves. They were going to go spread the news to anybody that would listen. Um And so as I read these stories, it's a challenge to me. Mm -hmm. You know, am I excited about the gospel message? If I believe it's good news and I'm not telling somebody about it, then I'm kind of not fulfilling my purpose in that, you know? Right, right. And so that's a challenge when I read that, that these shepherds and Simeon and Anna were so excited. They believed the truth of this message um, and that they wanted to share it with everybody they knew. So. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I thought of, I, I was asking myself, what do they have in common? Mm-hmm. And so the shepherds were looking, Simeon was looking, and Anna was looking until they found what they were searching for, the Messiah, mm-hmm. Savior of the world. So I thought, well, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, are are you looking for the heart of, heart of God? Are you lurk, looking to understand and know the Lord mm-hmm. better and to develop a more trusting, intimate relationship with Him? Um, are you searching for treasures in Christ? And what that looks like is uh, opportunities that we can proclaim and praise Him, mm-hmm. you know, at new births or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the sun came up in that morning. We've got breath in our air. You know, what? Mm-hmm. Th- there's, I call them treasures in Christ that, mm-hmm. he, you know, He reminds us of His presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are, are, you look, are you searching to transform your life to mirror Christ? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that can just look like so many different things, but it really just laid on my heart as they were all searching. They were waiting with expectation, but also uh, waiting while they were looking and searching until it was found. Yeah. And uh, I, I think at the end of the day for me, I don't want to ever stop searching the heart of God mm-hmm. through his word, through worship, through prayer, through being right. with him, because I know the more I get to know the heart of God, um, mm-hmm. the more secure I am in my faith, yeah. the more I'm able to stand when trials come my way. Right. And uh, the more uh, 
my hope I have my is thrill. You know, mm. there's a thrill of hope yeah. of his redemption power um, yeah. that gets reignited. So yeah. Carolyn and I want to um, not just for ourselves to go, you know, are, are we excited about yeah. Christmas, yeah. you know, because uh, we can be. Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, we can. Yes, because we can be because of the stories that we just read to mm-hmm. you and about his birth and celebrating the focus of his birth and who he is, mm-hmm. is what our focus again is supposed yeah. to be. That's redundant, but Absolutely. it's the point. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think as we enter into the season, um, you know, just consider there are searching people that you'll mm-hmm. encounter every yes. day mm-hmm. um, that are searching for salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so who can I share the good news of the gospel with this season? And um, I think after a year like we've had, a lot of people are looking for a source of hope or answers to some mm-hmm. questions. Um, I talked at the beginning how I love the song, Oh Holy Night, um, I think in the first episode. But um, there's a part that says, the weary world rejoices. Mm. I think our world is weary. You know, we've had is weary, trials yes. and I think people are weary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hope and the joy that the gospel message can bring can cause that weary world to rejoice. And so um, you have a message of hope that is powerful and can bring joy um, to people who are searching. So just be aware and uh, sensitive to that as you go about your day-to-day life and who you encounter. Yeah, he's the lifter of the head. Absolutely. And sometimes he uses us mm-hmm. to encourage people to lift their head, to look up mm-hmm. to a greater hope than what their circumstances are offering them right now yeah. in this chaos. So yeah. would you like to close this out in I prayer? Would. sure. Lord, thank you again for the truth of your word. Thank you for sending your son to be the savior. Thank you for the hope and the joy that we can find in him and that that peace that only comes from you as i pray um right now i pray for these women that um they will just take a moment and pause during this season and and just focus on who you are the gift of your salvation and just um the hope that they have in you and i pray that we can also um share that hope with others so that people who are questioning or just tired can find and experience the peace that only you bring. And so um, I pray that you'll be with each each woman that's listening today. Pray that um, you will comfort their heart as um, seasons like this often look a little bit different. Um, I pray that you'll fill them with joy and hope um, that you bring in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, over the next couple of weeks, we won't have a brand new episode, but this is a perfect opportunity for you to catch up on what you've missed. We're excited to give you that opportunity. Yes. And we're excited to join you back here on January 14th. Have a blessed Christmas. We hope that you have enjoyed our conversations today. If you would like to contact Jody or Carolyn, you can email them at hfc at inglewoodbaptist.com. You may need to speak with a pastor, and you can reach out to them at next at inglewoodbaptist.com, and a pastor will be in touch with you soon.